Welcome to Seven Questions, the podcast that aims to bust through the myth and drill down into everything property investment. My name's Sarah Morris and today's episode is going to be all about how to make money from thin air. We're talking buying off plan and development. Now we know we can't technically make money from thin air unless perhaps you're just in Bieber and breathe into a jar and seal it. I'm sure there's many a young fan that might buy into that. But no, we're talking about buying property off the plan which is a tactic some investors adopt with the aim of achieving capital growth, as in gaining a return on their initial investment before the property is even built. But in this episode, we aren't talking from an investor point of view. We're going to go right to the start of the whole process and find out direct from the developer why they choose a site. Because as an investor, it's the experience and the vision of the developer that you're buying into. Today we're talking to Simon Dickin, who is Senior Director at Seven Capital. Welcome, Simon. Good afternoon, Sarah. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Good, good. So let's go straight in with this and let's go in with location. As per the old saying, location, 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 this is considered one of the most important factors when it comes to property. So as a developer, what do you typically look for in a location? I think what's important here is that we're always from the front line from acquiring a site. We're always thinking about the end user, whether that be an investor or an owner occupier. Um, so generally speaking, we're looking. The location has to be has to work. It's very easy to get the location wrong. We could be one street, two streets far away. Certain developers, and we've looked at other opportunities within, whether it be Birmingham or down south, where. The location seems okay on a map, but when you get there, the, the town doesn't really have the facilities that we're looking for. It might have the demographics we're looking for, universities, young population, bars, restaurants. So if we're looking for how an investor would look, and then the ultimate tenant would have how they would look at a property, is if they arrive and the location's mediocre, there's no bars, restaurants, um, are they gonna be inspired to live there? So generally speaking, when we're looking for at any site, we're always thinking about how we're going to sell this product to an investor, which will ultimately lead to a, um, a tenant. Okay. Now, you, we've heard from other episodes about um, regeneration areas um, and kind of looking to the future. So obviously, with Seven Capital, you're kind of known as a regeneration specialist. Um, some regeneration areas, when you get to them, aren't great at the start, are they? But you know through some investment programmes that they're, gonna, they're going to get better. So how much do you take that into account? It's massively important. We don't really want to be in a location where... We do want to be in a location where it's been done, but the locations where the regen's coming is key, especially in cities like Birmingham. It's a, a city where we've probably seen a lack of development for at least 20 years now. It's changing massively. Obviously, we've got key things such as High Speed 2, Grand Central Station coming online, Paradise around the corner just starting, starting to come online. The whole city is changing massively. It's a very young and mature city, which is great for us. So when we look in a region, we're looking at what's going to be changed in the next three to five years, 10 years. And if you look at a city such as Birmingham, the last 10 years have been massive. And we're looking at where the transport lines are coming in, what major infrastructure is happening? Because once the infrastructure is in, 
we can start looking at building residential offices, retail, etc. Because it's not just about residential, it has to be the other factors as well. And when we're looking at, um, like I say, Birmingham, we want to be in key spots within the centre. Um, Digbeth, for instance, is a great example of how a city should, should be looking for the future. Great proximity to high speed too, great proximity to the city, but it also has other factors. It's quite a young, cool, vibrant area. And to us, that's where we want to be because we see the forecast there. There's no, there is a point being in existing, but we, we prefer to be where the market is changing because that's how investors, investors look. They'd rather be at the beginning versus at the end. The growth potential, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you've talked about Birmingham. Um, how, do you, how does Seven Capital decide where to develop and where to invest in other areas? Um, activity over recent years has obviously been in Birmingham. It's a natural thing because the head office is based here. Um, but you've also developed um, along the M40 corridor and the London commuter belt. Why those areas? How, do you, how did you select those areas as opposed to, say, somewhere in the northeast or the northwest, for example? It's relatively straightforward. I mean, our first acquisition, main acquisition, was Basingstoke. So we looked at buying a 130,000 square foot office building. Why did we choose that as a location? Um, firstly, the county is quite wealthy. The building was connected to a very wealthy retail mall. Um, when we walked around it, we felt, we felt and breathed. There's a location, train station not too far away. Commuter to London is reasonably good. And um, we just felt that though, even though it's different to our norm, it felt as though as a, as, a, as a location, we could actually make this work. Investors would want to be here. And it's been a great success. We converted um, over 200 apartments. And we believe that was the starting point for us to start to look at other locations. Um, post then, we started looking at Slough. Slough is a very different, um, there's, a def there's a different reason why we'd look at Slough. Um, the main reason is Crossrail coming into there. Yeah. Slough has always been an um, underdeveloped location, but because of what's happening there, you can start to see the transformation of a location such as Slough. So we bought two in Slough, one being a conversion, one being a new build. Um, it's still not there yet, as a lot of our locations are, but by the time Crossrail comes, the whole area will have been transformed. We're not just buying there, some of our major competitors, some of the major developers in the, in the country, Barclay being one, have bought a huge scheme there. So they see the forecast of what's happening there, as do we. Um, we go on to Bracknell, Bracknell's slightly different. Um, great transport into London once again. Uh, we bought a conversion there and a new build. But those locations, the commuter belt into London was a driving factor. Because we believe that if you're an investor, why would you go and buy in a Bracknell Basingstoke? It's going to have a connection to a major city such as London. You know, people can't afford to live in London, maybe not rent in London, but they can afford to buy there, invest there, where the yields are a little bit more attractive. There's a, there's a story. If as long as there's a story, we feel there's a story, then we know once we've acquired, we can have a story going all the way through the process. Absolutely. And I think actually with the pandemic, which we've had over the last 12 months, and the way things have moved, and we've seen more people move out of the city centre, um, London in particular, and out to the commuter belt, it kind of pays testament to that, doesn't it? Okay, now, as I mentioned originally, um, when you're an investor, you're, you're buying into the experience and the vision of the developer. So if you're an investor looking to purchase off-plan, how important is it to work with a trusted developer? How important is their track record? I think it's more important than ever. The reason being, we are hearing more and more stories now where 
an investor, whether it be overseas or UK, have bought into a development and the, the developer may not have any track record whatsoever and deposits have been paid and they may have lost their deposit, potentially get their deposits back, but there's obviously quite a lengthy process to get that money back. So we believe having a track record is paramount if you're an investor. You've got to be able to live and breathe what they've actually done. At Seven Capital, you can come and see our schemes. It's very easy, it's very visible what we've actually done, um, whether it be in Birmingham, down south, they're, they're all tangible, you can go and touch them. Would I ever invest into a scheme which I've not seen their, their track record? No. Um, developers such as Seven Capital are alike. You have to be able to show what you have done um, because otherwise you're investing in some. Would you ever invest into uh, a new car that you've never seen a, a previous track record? You wouldn't. It have to. It has to have something tangible for you to go. I trust that. I've seen that. I've lived and breathed what they've done. I can go and see. It. I can see their models. I can see what they've done. And it's, to me, it feels like it's the right product to go for. Absolutely. And um, when you look at it that way, actually, the deposits you're paying as an investor is often higher than. Uh, an ordinary home buyer, certainly a first-time buyer, would um, would invest um, originally to secure their property. So it is a lot of money to in, to put your trust into with someone. Okay, so the next question, I guess, is why buy off plan? Why not wait for a completed development that you can look around physically? I think buying off plan gets... The, 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 one of the most important things I, I always find with buying off plan is that you get in there early. You get to choose the unit that you want. Um, by the time we've actually built something, let's say it could take two to three years, at the end you're buying a product that or the unit that might not be the best unit that you could have bought at the beginning. That's always a key driver for, for, for if I was looking as an investor. The second point is the buying off plan with the market going in the, in hopefully in the, the, the movement that you'd want, you're buying off plan, percentage increase, by the time we finish the, the development, your, your investment is obviously hopefully worth more than it would have been the two or three years previously. Um, I think you're buying below market value. Uh, generally speaking, we are forecasting everything. Um, what, what do we think the rental potential is going to be? And if you're ahead of that curve, then you're already ahead of the game once you've completed. So I think they're the two main factors I would look to why you'd buy off plan. Okay, so say someone's, you've sold them on buying off plan, um, but there's still that element. I still want to see what I'm buying. How good? How how easy is it to go off CGI's now computer generated images? Um, is that a good? Are they a good representation for people of what what the development's going to end up as? I think modern modern CGI's are excellent. I mean, if you look at what we're able to do now, you'll be able to stand on street side, look at what the building's going to look like, walk into reception see where the concierge will be, walk into a lift, go up onto that floor, see the individual apartments. I think CGI's are massively, massively important and come on leaps and bounds in the last five years. That coupled with floor plans, you can actually see what your product's going to be. It was always very hard to sell five years ago or 10 years ago because you're all, you're, all you're showing is a floor plan. Models help. I think the tangible aspect of a model still is very, very important because standing around a model in a reception in Seven Capital or wherever, you can actually pinpoint where your apartment is. That's my balcony, that's my window. That CGI's and plans um, help us sell that product and helps gives them confidence that they know what they're actually buying. Just to see a plan doesn't mean anything, does it? Because, because we live and breathe property, 
doesn't mean they do. They don't have to understand it, but with Absolutely. all that technology we have now, it can, enables them to actually know what they are buying. Brilliant, yeah. Um, and I think it's ever so much more important these days as well. Again, going back to the pandemic, where everything's been had to be done digitally, we've had to kind of put our trust in that um, in many kind of ways. And people that buy into the UK, I suppose, from overseas, a lot of them don't even come over here, so they have to trust into that. Um, so that's really, really helpful. Okay, this is leading on to our final question. If, you, if, an, if an investor was going to come and approach you and... Um, they wanted to buy off plan. As a developer, what would you expect them to ask you? Or what do you think people who are looking to buy off plan should be asking their developers to make sure that they're, they're buying into the right scheme? I think if you're an investor that, let's say it's your first, first time, um, I think there's certain questions should, you should be asking. I think timing is very important. Um, we can go through the process of what the building would look like, you know, CGI's as we talked before, but what, how long is it going to be? If I pay my deposit today, when will I actually, when will the scheme be finished? Um, where's my physical parking space going to be? What amenities do you have? Is it going to be a gym? Is there a concierge? Is there outside space? Um, we talked about track record before, understanding what they've done before, getting a feel of how that developer is actually going to construct this. What's my bathroom going to look like? What's my kitchen going to look like? Um, you know, you've got to give them as much information as you possibly can to make them feel comfortable. You mentioned overseas buyers. How do you make an overseas buyer that's never bought in the UK before comfortable? That's just information, making them feel comfortable that you've done it before, you know what you're doing, you've got past experience, and the product they're buying will tick all the boxes that they want. Because if, if, if they're asking those questions, then the ultimate tenant will ask the same questions. Why am I going to live here? You know, that investor may never see this product, but a tenant does. And if they walk in and say, well, is there any outside space? Is there a parking space? And if, and if they've not thought about that before, then they're always going to find it difficult to let the property. So when we're developing, we're always trying to improve each time we do development. You know, it's very typical now for us to have a you know, concierge has, has been going on for a long time, but we're looking at cinema rooms, we're looking at gyms, libraries, because people want to, will be spending more time during the pandemic, but people spend a lot of time at home now and the community of residential schemes is not you just live there, you want to actually get to know your neighbours. It's changed massively in the last few years. So asking all those questions, so when a tenant comes, you've always got your property let and there's very little voids. Brilliant. Well, that's been really helpful, so thank you, Simon. It's been great to chat to you. I think we've covered a lot of ground and given some really good insight into a developer's perspective that actually many investors don't get the opportunity to hear. Um, if anyone's interested in reading up about investing in property off plan, then you can download a free guide from Seven Capital's website. Just head to sevencapital.com. The link is also in the bio. Okay, we've not finished with you yet, Simon. So before you go, let's find out a little bit more about the man behind the mic with our five in five. You've got five seconds only to give us your answer for each of these. So five seconds for the next five things. So if you could only have one of each of the following for the rest of your life, what would it be? So first one, music album. Um, Clock's ticking. Stone Roses, Stone Roses. Nice choice, okay, one meal. A steak. Another nice choice. I'd go roast dinner, I think. Uh, one film? 
Shawshank Redemption. Nice. Uh, TV show. Breaking Bad. And one luxury item. Ooh, his uh, voice is, his face is saying here. Too on many a, luxury on a, items. On a desert island. A yeah. canoe. A canoe. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had, we've had a gold-plated toothbrush from Andy Foote, and now we've got a canoe. I mean, I was thinking Jimmy Choo's, not that anyone can see you on a desert island, but there we go. Anyway, thank you very much for that. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to check out the other episodes in our Seven Questions podcast series. And if you have any burning investment questions that you'd like to hear covered on Seven Questions, please let us know. In the meantime, do give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a review.